Hello, I'm T. Marie. These are talks to usher in God's presence. Welcome to Invite God In. Roe versus Wade, Roe versus Wade, and what's God got to do with it? That's what we're going to talk about today here on Invite God In. My name is T. Marie. These are talks to usher in God's presence. And the big thing right now is Roe versus Wade. We're going to get into it, but first, let us pray. Father, thank you so much for being with us right here and right now. You know our hearts, you know our needs. Please give me the words and give us all the ears to hear, the eyes to see more of you, more of your love, your experience, and what you would like for us to do and receive. Thank you so much. Amen. So Roe versus Wade is a controversial piece of legislature in the United States of America that basically gives women the right to have an abortion. It is currently being challenged and soon it will be voted on by Congress or, or the su Supreme Court. It will be voted on to decide whether or not this law will still be able to give women the right to have an abortion or whether the law will be changed, thereby taking away the right for women to have an abortion. Now, the reason why we're talking about it here today on Invite God In is because what's God got to do with it? And it's a very, very important question for us to ask. Here in America, the loudest voices and a lot of public opinion is wrapped around this law being challenged by Christian groups, by Christian religious groups. So let's get into this because the church and what people think about the church is very much at stake in a number of ways. And so we really want to get clear on this subject. Now, wherever you are in the world today, because I know that this show, Invite God In, my show broadcasts all over the world. And so whether or not this law is uh, governing your town, state, city, or continent, we still have a lot to explore here in terms of the real reason why we're talking about it, which is our personal relationship with God and how our actions and behavior really reflect that relationship. So wherever you are in the world today, there's something for you here today. And we're going to begin with care for the church. Now we are used to, uh, exampling, experiencing and discussing the church body, the church body, which is the group of church, the large congregation. And so in this case, when groups, Christian groups are coming out in, um, in activity against this law, when they're protesting, when they are potentially harming, uh, folks in front of clinics, when they're engaging in these very aggressive practices, then Unfortunately, the public opinion around 
Christians and the Christian church really lends to a negative side. It really lends to uh, a bad thing for the church on a whole. So we have to be careful of the church and the perception of the church. And we must remember that we as individuals in reality, we are each a church. Every person that is a believer is a church unto themselves. You are a church. You are a temple. You are a housing for our father and for the, the ways and the beliefs of Jesus Christ. So a little bit of clarity on that is important because, you know, we want to care for the church on a, on the whole, the body. And we want to also as individual uh, individuals, remember that we are each a church. So why does this matter? Why does this matter? Because our actions are a big deal are a big, big, big deal, friends. Right now, we're seeing along the political and public scape in media here in America, and I would imagine around the world, since, of course, news reports of this nature, of this, uh, uh, of this scale, really get reported everywhere. And so how is the church looking? We should be concerned about this, okay? And not as a cause for additional conflicts, but as a cause for us to look for ways where we can invite God in and truly reflect God nature. So we move into then what is true Christianity? Now, many people, many people, and I know algorithms affect what we see on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, etc. But my Twitter feed has been lit up uh, as a minister myself and as someone who uh, posts and tweets things about God and about faith. Uh, I get suggested posts from other believers and other faith-filled people. And so I'm sure that affects my algorithm because of this news story. And what ends up happening is I'm just, I'm seeing a lot of very, very disenfranchised people, very hurt people, very accusing people that are feeling like, you know, how Christian are these groups? And listen, I'm not wanting to offend anyone, but we've got to be able to talk about these things. And the truth of it is, is that they are valid in their question. What is Christianity? What makes a Christian a Christian. Is it a person that is fighting with people anywhere? Is it a person that is accusing and uh, uh, screaming and uh, taking the rights of others? Regardless of whether one feels they are right or wrong, hmm, let us discover where God is in all of this. A Christian is someone who wants to be more like Christ. So then one could venture to say, how would Christ approach this? 
How would Jesus, our Lord and Savior, approach this? Now, okay, we're going to get into the land of fantasy unless we look to scripture. If we look to the actual Bible, which is recognized worldwide as the word of God, especially for Christians, then how did Jesus approach all wrongdoers in his ministry while he was here on earth? Did he accuse them? Did he berate them? Did he remove their rights from them? Hmm. If you're reading your Bibles, friends, you're going to discover that he did none of those things. Time and time again, he actually was totally the opposite of what our desires would want to do. And so we get into what is true Christianity. And he did say to us that those that would wish to follow him are willing to die and pick up their own cross and follow him. So let's dissect what that might mean. Now, if we're willing to die, now Christ showed us the physical manifestation of he actually died, meaning he left his physical body and then resurrected on the third day. For us though, maybe it's not so literal. Are we willing to die to ourselves, meaning our rigid attitudes, our judgments, our convictions, our worldly ways, our uh, worldly desires day by day and pick up our own cross, basically our own ability to crucify those things and seek the ways of Jesus Christ, his example his ways. Well, what are those ways? Hmm. When he was hit, he said, turn the other cheek. When they came to persecute them and one of his disciples in love and, and, and wanting to defend, cut off a soldier's ear, he said, lower your sword and healed the soldier's ear immediately. He allowed Judas, knowing that he would be betrayed, to sit with him at the Last Supper and, and break bread and even hang out and later come close to him. There was no fight. There was no berating. There was no anger. Why am I spending so much time on this? Because, my friends, as Christians, we must be almost as opposite to the common world reaction as can be. Let us look to these examples when we are faced with something like this, this Roe versus Wade, where we are human, we are emotional. We look, we have all these reasons to lash out, to be angry, to fight, to uh, aggressively discuss, to defend. But what is truly Christian in this? And so we move on to, are we judging? Well, yes, of course we're judging. Let us be fully honest here because that's what we do. Here at Invite God In, we are honest. As honest as we can be about the word of God and definitely about ourselves. And honey, we are judgment-making machines. We're judging those that want to repeal the law because we feel it's unfair. We're judging those that want the law to stay enacted because we feel they're wrong. We're judging the way people are reacting. We're judging the fact that, uh, 
there were secret meetings and attempts to overturn this law. We're just judging the entire thing. And so we got to be really careful. This is another time where if we invite God in, we really invite God in, we really invite the word, we really invite the way, then we've got to be opposite of what we want humanly to do because we are not intended to judge anyone. I'm going to say it again. We're not intended to judge anyone. Why? Because we have such a deep list of sins ourselves. We have such a deep, long scrolling list of flaws ourselves that our work is to simply clean our own house, remove the beam from our own eye before we tell our brother about the splinter in his. This is phenomenal news, my friends, because while yes, at times we are our brother's keeper, even in those examples, what does that mean? Scripture tells us that when we have an offense against another, that we go to them privately, lovingly to talk about it. In this day and age, does that occur? Are we really willing to have a conversation privately, intimately with the party that we directly have an offense with? And further, it goes on to say that if that person doesn't hear you, then you try one more time with one other person. And finally, if they don't hear you, you try a third time and you invite the church. Now, this may be metaphorical or literal, right? We bring our other faith-filled uh, friends or we bring our church way, our church body, we say, Okay, this is one more time. We want to work this out. Finally, if the person does not want to recognize their offense, we let them go in peace. This is scripture, friends. This is the Bible. And so are we judging? And what can we do with that? We can invite God in. We can recognize it. And we can remember that none of us, need to judge anybody else, which imagine if we were to immediately remove the thought that we need to judge another for having an abortion or not, hmm, how much calmer would this whole situation be? Would this even be a point of contention? We move on now to looking at both sides with understanding. Today, we're talking about Roe versus Wade and what God has got to do with it. And it's important to discuss this multifaceted situation so we can truly invite God in. So we're going to look at both sides for a minute. On the one hand, you have a group of people who feel it is wrong for a woman to have an abortion. They feel that that is such a terrible thing to do, that that person is going to be separated from God for doing such a thing. And they feel that it is not godly. And so they want to remove the option from the table, uh, perhaps to prevent this sin from happening. Well, their intentions are good. Their intentions are good. They're doing it from a deep love or sensation or desire to want to do something right. However, however, we got to look at both sides here as well, right? 
On the other side, a person might need to undergo this procedure. This other person that wants the right to have this, just the right, just the ability, just to have it as an option on the table, is concerned that someone might be in dire straits for their health, for the future of their life, for their finances. They may have undergoed, uh, underwent a, a, a very traumatic experience like a rape, molestation, incest, something that caused them to become pregnant without wanting to have a child. It may severely hurt them or threaten their life to really go through with a pregnancy. And so they want the option to be able to decide, which also includes each person's free will. So if we look at both sides, truly, if we look at both sides and we now have removed judgment because we remember that we've got a whole list of things in our own house to work on, again, we find a much calmer space. We find an opportunity to truly see both both sides. That to me sounds much more like being a Christian, like what Jesus Christ would have done than the way we're seeing humanity behave in this day and age. Let us reflect upon ourselves, friends. Let us remember, remember God's way. Remember God's word. Let us not be fooled let us not be fooled and tricked. Could this possibly be this quarreling, this judgment, this hatred, this hypocrisy, this action that's causing so many millions around the world to look against Christianity? Could that be the greater work of Satan than the actual bill of Roe versus Wade? Friends, we got to wake up. We got to wake up here. So we look to both sides with understanding and we look to God, our father for help with ourselves where we have judgment. We ask our father for help where we have hatred. We ask our father for help where we are in need. If we need an abortion, if we need to feel like we have to defend this, if we need that, we're, uh, if we feel like we're starting to hate somebody, whatever it is, we got to go to our father. We have to go to the alpha and omega that knows us so deeply. God's going to have the word for our heart right now. God's going to have it. So we have to remember who and what we are. The Bible does not mention abortion. And in fact, it says that life is created with Adam's first breath when given by God. Why do I mention this, friends? Because in this day and age, there are many of us that think we're having a relationship with God when in fact we are having a relationship through an individual that is a mouthpiece and that mouthpiece may be wrong. Friends, loved ones, family, please 
Let us ourselves go to our father. Let us ourselves read the Bible. Let us ourselves have a relationship and invite God into our own hearts. Because if we read the Bible with our own two eyes, we are never going to find anything about abortion. And we also are going to see very real scripture that says that life began when God breathed Adam's first breath into him after creating him out of dirt. So could some of us be misled? Are some of us misled and deeply hating and deeply hurting, believing we're fighting the good fight and in actuality we are in misunderstanding? Friends, this is not a judgment. It's a rally call for us to truly invite God in because truly we, oh my gosh, there is so much here for us. We're going to find love, acceptance. We're going to be given tools that are supernatural in how they will melt our, uh, melt the hatred in our hearts, allow us to forgive, allow us to see, allow us to truly reflect what, uh, is Christianity but we've got to invite God in to do it. And we've got to do it ourselves. Group church is great. Listening to one another and congregating is phenomenal, but we cannot imagine ourselves to be in relationship with God. If we've never gone to his word ourselves, and we are counting on the uh, common words and, uh, gossip and media and whatever to be what we think God is on either side. So we're talking about today, Roe versus Wade, which is a controversial law in the United States of America that it gives women the right to have an abortion. And we're asking what God has to do with it. And furthermore, we're looking at ways we can take our power back, our spiritual power, and invite God in ourselves so we can get clear on this situation, because this is simply a mirror of how we're acting on many other things. So we're moving on. And I really, really, oh, you know, I didn't want to do it. I did not want to make any mention of this. And I'm telling you, Many companies and many church leaders and many ministers and pastors will say nothing about this. And why? Because they're afraid. Because this is a polarizing subject and people are afraid to speak out because they don't want to lose what they have. But let me tell you something, friends. I am here for my father. Okay? If I was trying to be popular... I would have been so disappointed already. Okay, so uh, we're going to talk about it because what I care about is a true soul salvation here on earth and also when we leave. So we're going to talk about this. Hypocrisy and fanaticism are not God qualities. I'm going to say it again. Hypocrisy and fanaticism are not God qualities. Once again, if we look into our Bibles, we see all heroes of faith, including Jesus Christ, Son of God, our Lord and Savior, there wasn't a single fanatic, hypocritical bone in their body, especially Jesus, because Jesus was absolute perfection. But even the other heroes of faith, when you see their great transformation, when you see 
how, how they changed. We see foils, we see flaws, but there is not hypocrisy. We see weakness, but there is not hypocrisy. And so we have to be very clear. The folks that are crying out and they are saying that it is hypocritical for someone to claim that they are pro-life when they do not care about the actual living, when they do not care about homelessness, about orphans, about uh, healthcare, about the actual lives of people are hypocrites. Sorry. Sorry, again, I'm not here to cause an uproar, but we've got to be crystal clear on this because if we're not, then we run the risk of sliding down the very deep hole into a far, far place away from God. And that's not, that's not it. That's not where any of us want to be. So friends that are looking to the church right now and calling out that's hypocritical and those are fanatics, they are correct. Let us not hate them. Let us just be aware and let us pray for ourselves and pray for others. Why? Because again, if we would have had the answer, we would have resolved this already. We don't have the answer, but God does. Okay. So that's how we get around that. But we are very clear here at invite God in. There is no hypocrisy or fanaticism in heaven. You can, you can believe that you can bet every single dollar that you have, that there is no hypocrisy and fanaticism in heaven. And that is not truly how the church individual or collective should be acting. So we must be aware of these things. We must pray over ourselves and our fellows. We must invite God in by having a true intimate relationship. These are the things that we should do always so that when, whether it is Roe versus Wade, whether it is war, whether it is uh, a brother or sister with a belief that is different than ours, whether it is anything, anything that happens here on earth, we are more equipped to truly present ourselves like the Christian church, individual and collective. Christian meaning like Christ. We can't do it on our own. We need help. So Roe versus Wade here in the United States of America, the way this is happening, the way folks that are, are claiming that they are pro-life, but acting totally opposite of caring about lives, the way we are seeing backhanded deals and attempts to try to take these rights away, the way that we are seeing both sides acting in hatred and uh, desired control over one another, the way that this is causing millions of people around the world to associate these fanatical actions with Christianity. This is wrong. All of that is wrong. And the only way that we can truly correct it the only actions we can truly do, they are totally opposite from our human desire. Our human desire wants us to keep fighting, 
to keep attacking, to keep trying to use our own will to make something else happen. The true godly way is to go to the Father, surrender that we do not know the answer, invite God in, continue to study and be in the word of God and ask for ourselves to be refined so that we can reflect God's true nature out. We must beware of believing that we are to dictate another's behavior. I know this is hard to believe, friends. Okay, I know it's hard to believe. But we were never expected to govern another's behavior. We simply are intended to govern ourselves. Must we love one another? Yes. Yes. Must we clear things up with one another? Yes. In a true clear up, you talk to the person. But we are not in control of other people. We are not in control of other people. So let's beware of that thought. Listen, before we wrap the show, I just want to pray over us all again. If you are feeling in your heart that you just, uh, you feel like you need to control this narrative, you feel like you need to direct the steps of this, you feel like this needs to be overturned, I pray, I pray that you have our Father's love, forgiveness, and light shine over you. I pray that the heavy burden that you feel is released from your shoulders and that you are reminded that you're a child of the Lord Almighty, that the Lord governs our steps and gives us the way we don't need to control it. If you are someone that has experienced an abortion, needs an abortion, and desires to have an abortion, and you feel that you are not cared for, don't have rights, you are judged, you're not, God doesn't love you, I pray that our Father wash over you his love, his light, his guidance, that whatever you need be provided to you, that you know and find and realize that you're welcome in our Father's house, that you are loved and that you see whatever it is you need to see to feel God's love and grace, not only right now, but continue to expand in your life. I pray that all of us, wherever we are around the world, look at the conflicts that we have, not through the eyes of human beings that are scared and controlling and judgmental and hypocritical, but as sons and daughters of the Lord Almighty, with supernatural power that transcends anything we've ever seen. Let us look to God's word, invite God in, and remember our brother, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in word and example. God bless you all. I'm T. Marie. This has been Invite God In. See you next week.